Hey, Ta, how's it going? week's episode of Freedom Fanatics. My name is Alex, and joining me this week are my esteemed colleagues, Tiago and Herman. Now, guys, this week we're going to take a look at some of the stuff that Fan has been doing um, over the past few days. I know you're thinking, well, the past few days has also been the weekend. Well, yep, that's what we do to fight for your freedom. So, Herman, we have been sending out quite a few press releases around some work that we've been doing. And it relates to a media item that we were alerted to on Friday, I believe. And it is this piece from EWN, which says, Chris Harney Baragwanath Hospital Interns Battle to Survive as Salaries Go Unpaid. So, Herman, can you give us a little bit of background as to, to what, what the story is about and what fan uh, fans' reaction was? Yeah, no, so... It- I mean, it's it's always distressing to to hear about these things. There are so many government failures, but but when something is so clearly on the nose of it, on the face of it, clearly down to just government not doing its job, not taking the citizens or the people working for it seriously, it really quite jars. So the moment Fan found out about this, we we exchanged it on on our WhatsApp groups and we discussed it, uh, and we immediately decided that you know someone's got to take a stand for these people. These are young people. Um, they are not getting money. They don't have the resources necessarily to fight this fight. Um, and that's what Fan is about to to really get involved um, and and fight for freedom. Uh, in this case, the freedom to earn, you know, the freedom to do your job and to work hard and to get a salary. Um, that freedom was under threat here, uh, and these young South Africans, uh, really—I mean, the vulnerable, uh, uh, made left vulnerable by the government. I mean, you read that article and you read coverage; it's it's harrowing. These people couldn't mm. pay landlords, they couldn't pay food, they lost weight, emotional, physical suffering. So, Fan decided this is something we need to step into, and we immediately consulted with our lawyers, planned a legal strategy, um, and got onto fact finding. Uh, the first thing, if you want to build a case, is you've got to get the facts. We started reaching out to the intern community, um, and that sort of campaign started building over the weekend. And on Monday morning, we alerted the media to what we've done. We started contacting the community with more aggression on social media, making sure that you know people in this situation, these interns and perhaps others on the receiving end of this sort of government abuse, could really have a voice and could have a partner in fan willing to fight for them, able to fight for them. And uh, yeah, no, it was it was a, a, it was something that we felt strongly about uh, and we kicked it off. We kicked it off, uh, got the press release out, got the forms up there, got the details of interns, hit the ground running because we were preparing for a fight. But spoiler alert, uh, it seems that uh, that the fight was shorter than we thought, but a happier ending than we could have thought. For sure. And uh, Teoko, the, the, the press release was sent out in your name. And, and one, one of the things that you highlighted was that, um, you know, for an employer to, to do this in any case is, is a disgrace. But specifically, and I'll quote, you for, for, quote what you said, for any employer to abuse an employee is shameful. For the government of the country to do this to young South Africans trying to help others in the health sector is nothing short of a disgrace. And I, I absolutely love that characterization and we obviously we've just emerged let me not say emerge we are emerging from a health pandemic uh where we should be priding ourselves on ensuring that our medical fraternity has everything they need in order to deliver healthcare services that can save lives to ordinary south africans what what is your your feeling about the way that 
the a government employee, the government as an employee in this situation has behaved, and what South Africans, um, together with Fan, can do about this kind of uh, disgraceful um, maltreatment of uh, employees. Uh, the facts of the story. What happened at at at, at, at the Department of Health in in, in Gauteng was that. The department went ahead and hired interns without first and foremost consulting the treasury. Now there are there are rules to hiring new people as a department, right? And part of the rules is that you first have to consult the treasury. Treasury, provincial treasury has to approve a budget for those employees. Only after the budget for those employees has been approved, you then create the positions within the department and hire the people, then you are able to pay their salaries. But quite clearly in this instance, those processes were not followed and someone must be held accountable for this within the department, whoever it is, whoever the people are who approved the, the, the employment of this intense without positions existing that, that they would be occupying should be held accountable. Now, what I think civil society has to do is that civil society has to pressurize uh, or people, South Africans in general, including us as fair and if possible, in fact, we must pressurize the national, uh, the, the provincial treasury in Gauteng to put pressure on the health department, uh, point out who the people behind this whole thing are, the people who approved the, 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 the employment of these interns without the approval from treasury, you know, and those people should be held to account. It, it can't be acceptable that processes that are around in the government of hiring people are not followed. People are hired at any given point in time without yeah, relevant procedures being, being followed. And I think here in Nimbop in particular, I know the note that speaks to this question is note 14 of the provincial treasury. It's a note that says that any department that wants to hire should first and foremost come to the treasury, get the new structure approved by the treasury, then move from there. Mm. So, I mean, Herman, we speak, so Teoko mentions accountability and, and it's something that we don't see generally in South Africa. So, to the, the the person at home sitting on the couch watching this, how how can they demand accountability from a government that seemingly cares less and less about them? Which because it seems like a very abstract thing. So how how can we make it real for someone? I mean, we 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 try our best here to pe to to generate some sort of reaction from from the powers that be. We try and speak truth to power. How can ordinary South Africans get on board that that train of demanding accountability? So there are a few a few ways for for the citizen to to get involved. Number one, voting. Voting is is really where it all happens. The people appointed to appoint the people who made this mistake were voted in by the people of Gauteng. I live in Gauteng. Uh, um, it's the Gauteng voter sort of has to has to look at things around them uh, and decide: Am I happy with how things are? Is this how I want things to be? Imagine uh, those interns are my kids or my brother, my sister, myself, whoever. Um, would I be happy with that sort of treatment? If if yes, then no, by all means, go on voting or go on not voting. Mm. But if you feel that's not quite the way you treat people, how about you do something about it? If you didn't vote in the previous election, make plans to vote in the next election. It's very, very easy to see if you're registered. You go on the IEC website, you get the DA, ANC, EFF. These parties have mechanisms on their website to check your registration status. So that's the first one is 
Pitch. Decisions are made by those who show up. Uh, so show up. Um, if you didn't show up last time, how about you start doing that? It's not good enough. It's not good enough to think, ah, well, you know, politics, it never changes anything. We have just in these recent elections seen how close some of these governments are based on, you know, very small differences of vote, one seat, two seats in councils, making a difference, determining who's in charge, who's getting the taxpayers' money, who gets to spend it, who gets to make the decisions, and who gets to treat ordinary people like these interns as employees on behalf of the state as employer. If you, if you want to change things, but you don't show up to vote, consider me skeptical about your commitment to change. So that's the first thing, voting. The second thing is community activism. If you know any of those uh, uh, medical interns, if they are your neighbor, or your neighbor's son or daughter or cousin or whoever, you know, why not speak to them and get them the facts and say, who hired you? I want to go speak to them as well with you so that this person can see it's not just you young medical intern carping on about this. It's actually a question that people are concerned about. Get involved on a person level where you can. I mean, the world has six degrees of separation. There's no excuse for suffering to go in in South Africa without a responsible, politically aware South African not knowing about it and not being able to at least get the facts and get involved at a very basic level. And then the third thing is join FAN. That's what we do. We spend our working days trying to figure out what are the problems we can fix. We care about freedom. Here's a freedom to earn a salary infringed upon. What can we do? Watch fans' content, share fan co fans' content, join us, support us on a monthly basis because that's where fans' uh, financial support goes to fighting cases like this, to creating the awareness around cases like this. And if you're skeptical about these methods, well, then we have just to look at the fact that these interns have now been paid. This is a success, not just for fans, but anyone who cared enough about this to say, hey, we're not this cannot happen. It's not good enough to happen. It's getting involved. It's, 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 it's a bit of that question like, how do you raise a good child? Well, I mean, th there are some broad themes you can touch on, but you can't instruct, you know, at 7.15, brush teeth. 7.17, put in bed. Read bedtime story for nine minutes tops. No, figure it out where you are. You have a responsibility here. And we can lay down themes, but unless people are willing to step up, this thing, this sort of injustice is going to continue as it has continued for the last 30 years. Mm, absolutely. And I think what's important to remember is that lack of accountability has real world consequences. I mean, if we think about maybe some some people in our audience might not remember, but there was there's been an ongoing issue in it, but it stemmed in the early 2010s with the Gauteng Department of Health not uh, being able to to look after the transfer of medically uh, mental ill patients, um, of which over 140 died in the hands of the government, effectively. So, guys, these these issues do have real world consequences. And as Herman said, you know, reach out to us at Badge of Liberty is where you can find our stuff. You can also get in touch with us, slide into our DMs, tell us what's happening in your community, and we will help where we can. Tiago, any final thoughts before we cross over to our next issue? Well, my final, my final thoughts connect with uh, what I've already said. I, I think I, I agree with Herman that society has to rise up 
and start holding government to account. I mean, this 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 is our government after all. There's there's no government without the people, you know. And salaries that are paid to government staff are salaries that are collected from from us as citizens. It's it's our taxes that are paying these people. So we we really have should should start taking ownership of government. And where things are not going well, we we should step in. Uh, the government really is our company. And matters of how it's ran are, are matters that concern us. And we should rise up to the occasion and, and, and start holding the people who are in charge of government to account. Absolutely. We're all stakeholders, as the government yeah. is one to say. So on the on the topic of voting and being involved, our next feature today, uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll read this little snippet for, from our press release last week, was that... The Freedom Advocacy Network, acting on behalf of the Freedom for Democrats, has today issued a court application in the Northwest High Court, Mai Gang, to correct the allocation of seats for the 2021 local government elections in the Ramotsere Moela Local Municipal Council. Herman, what exactly was FAN doing in the Northwest? Herman, you are muted, sir. The problem is, when I'm muted, I speak the most sense. Um, so I, I, we've been involved in this situation for a few months now, um, and it actually started uh, uh, worryingly close to, to the day I got married last year because I could see sort of in my wife-to-be at that stage eyes that here's an issue that might, you know, he, he's going to carry this through the honeymoon, uh, we're not going to have a moment's rest. Hadron's going to be on his cell phone responding to emails, trying to get something done. Because the elections early November last year uh, in this uh, 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 part of the Northwest, in the Zerist area, delivered a situation where the EFF, Economic Freedom Fighters, the Red Berets, Mr. Malema's uh, uh, Army of Muppets, uh, were supposed to receive five proportional seats in the local government there. But because of a counting mistake by the Electoral Commission, the IEC, they were allocated six seats. The party that should have gotten that one seat is the small party called the Freedom, uh, the Forum for Democrats, a local party of local activists, you know, people just like you, caring about what goes on in their community enough to stand for election. For a month, for a month, they tried to get the IEC to engage with them about this calculation error because it's, it's there in the numbers. They are incorrectly tabulated. They got nothing from the IEC. Fan then heard about the situation. We made contact with the FFD. We met with their leadership. We got our legal team onto it. We spoke to election data experts to figure out how can we approach this and then we started doing the grunt work. Legal work isn't always dramatic. It's quite often, it's paperwork, it's getting the facts, getting to the bottom of things. We got the IEC to admit their mistake. After a month of ghosting the FFD, the ability of FAN to come in with a legal team, with funds, with a passion for free and fair elections, got the IEC to the table, admitting their mistake. That was the first key breakthrough. And then I got married and went on honeymoon. And when I came back, the problem had, hadn't gone away. In fact, it was still exactly the same because how it works is the IEC allocates the seats and gives the numbers through to the municipality, but then it's up to the municipal manager 
to actually assign the seats to the parties that won them. And the municipal manager had assigned the seats incorrectly to the EFF. And the FFD, despite the IEC admitting their error, did not get their seat. Now, November, December, January, February, four months after the election, as of today, the seat is still not being allocated to the FFD. This is a shocking, shocking result because the voters aren't getting who they voted for and the FFD can't make their voice heard in the local government. But also this is a small local party. It needs the funding that one seat will secure it to make sure it stands up for its values. We tried to get in touch with a municipal manager multiple times nothing, which in and of itself is rather shocking. And now it's gotten to that point where Fan, the day after tomorrow, the 10th of March, we're in court in the Mahi King High Court, and we're fighting for free and fair elections. This election was not free and fair. If it was, then the FFD would be in that seat standing up for their constituents. We're very excited about this. We think it can be very, very big because it cuts to something that is key, your right to kick politicians out or vote new ones in. And also we see in coalitions, one or two seats make a difference. That's why we're fighting this. No, absolutely. Uh, as someone said, it's one, it's one seat. Now, typically one would think, oh, you know, like it's okay, we can let this one slide. Um, but to you, I mean, if, you, if you're a resident of, of this municipality, how how would you feel? You know, you you had you had made the commitment on November first to go to the ballot box to stand in queues, no matter what the weather was. I know in Cape Town it was dreadful to go and make your voice heard to to bring about regime change in in your community. Why 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 is it important? Well, I would feel betrayed. That's that's the first thing. As a voter living in a democracy, having been told that in a democratic state, the people choose who governs and here I am, I went out to vote, chose, made my choice. The person got enough votes to come into council yet the person is not in council. First and foremost, I'd be disappointed. But the importance of, of this being corrected is that the people must have a voice and, 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 and the people have spoken in this instance that they want FFD to be the party that represents them, even if it's in that one position. It's, it's a position that people have given to the party. And so the people's choice should be listened to. We are in a democratic country after all. It's, it's the right thing to do. In fact, insisting to stay in such a position, the EFF insisting to stay in that position really is criminal. You you are insisting to sit in a position that you are not elected into. You're forcing your way into the corridors of uh, the municipality. It's, 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 it can't be accepted. And yeah, that's that's why we are fighting it as well. Absolutely. Definitely a fight worth having. And uh, fighting for your your freedom to lead as, as an ordinary South African. So definitely something to, to keep an eye out. We'll definitely... Uh, keep you guys in the loop and remember guys you can follow us at Badge of Liberty for, to get all the information around this case and more and of course if you're having issues in your own community similar to this get in touch info at f-an.net so guys on that note thank you so much for joining us we next up have a fiery episode of burning questions with Mbali coming up thank you so much for joining us
Hello and welcome to another fiery episode of Hashtag Burning Questions. Um, today on this episode, I'm joined by Diego, Alex and Herman. Guys, welcome to another episode of Burning Questions. Thanks, buddy. There we go. Guys, today we're looking at a um, code card from one of our uh, friends. I call him our friends, you know, Herbrand van Yerlen, um, who is an analyst at um, the Center for Risk Analysis. Um, so this code card, guys, is kind of um, linked to what you guys were talking about. And this code card reads, for too long, the government has believed that it needs to intervene in the economy in order to create jobs. What the government should should do instead is to create an environment in which the private sector and the business can prosper. Um, Herman, I'll throw it at you. What do you think about this code card? And yeah, share your thoughts. I think it's great. I, I must say I, I, I'm very, very tempted to just listen to Tiejo's bass, baritone, smooth tones the whole time. Just mm, oh, what a Amen. voice. But the, the, the thing is... It, Politics often is made up to be very complex and difficult and ideological and so but we've got a few thousand years of it behind us as a human species. Yeah. We we can read books and, and watch documentaries and understand what works and what doesn't. Um, or we don't have to go back 3,000 years, 2,000 years. We can go back 30 years, 10 years, 20 years and yeah. look at what has worked and what hasn't worked. And I think Part of why Herbrand's quote here is, is so good and why I think uh, Freedom Fanatics at home quite liked it because a lot of people liked it, shared it, it did well on social media, was because it's just so straightforward, common sense, well put, that sometimes if the government does the same thing over and over and over, another intervention, another intervention, another intervention, but the results stay the same, hmm, that's starting to sound something like insanity to me. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, Alex, let me come to you. What has, do you think there's anything else that has worked uh, maybe for South Africa or maybe for other countries in terms of their economy? And what do you think can maybe work for South Africa now? Mm, yeah, for sure. So we, we one of our, our interns wrote a, drafted an article sort of stating how healthy economies equal happy people. That was the gist of what he, what he was arguing. And <laughs> That that's pretty much the gist of 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 why you are part of a society. You exist to kind of add value and further your own, um, you know, to improve your family, to be happy, to be healthy, and to to be comfortable in your community. So, I think what what strikes me about this quote, and I think why it resonates, is as someone says, it's very straightforward. And one thing we are chatting about internally. Um, Tiago can definitely vouch for this. Is trying to explain the idea of classical liberalism. As, as an as an ideology and the one thing is that we kind of came to the conclusion is that it really okay fam, wait is... quick one for mm. someone out there at home who does know what who does not know what a classical liberal is do you maybe give us like a two minute um explain of what classical liberalism is for sure so classical liberals are people like you and i but what i'm going to do is i'm going to hand over <laughs> to herman to give us the elevator pitch of what a classical liberal is i like what you did 20 there. seconds I was trying to trap you, <laughs> but you know what, HP, it will go on to you. Put on the clock. If you believe in freedom of speech, that people have the right to say what their opinions are and to hear other opinions without anyone interfering and putting them in jail, 
you might be a classic liberal. If you yep. think it's your right to decide what you spend your money on and what you do to earn some money, as long as it's acceptable to your community, you're a classic liberal. If you think that what you own is yours by right, and not someone else's to decide what happens to it, I think you're a classic liberal. If you believe that people are individuals first and foremost, and not just arms of some racial creature somewhere or some religious or cultural creature if you look at another individual and you see a human being rather than a label you might be a classic liberal and if mm -hmm. you think that the rule of law not the rule of men or politicians or women or gangsters or pimps is actually what it's all about the rule of what's right what's just and what has been duly accepted as the law of a country if you believe that should govern a society i think you're a classic liberal Definitely. I think some people right now at home just found out that they're classical liberals. Definitely. Alex, maybe finish your point. I'm so sorry no, to sure. disturb you. No, absolutely. No, I think because um, classical, liberal, classical liberalism is what underpins mm -hmm. our, our fight at FAND for your freedom. And mm -hmm. one thing I think will resonate strongly with people as we enter almost two years under a command council that is hopefully coming to an end is that is the strongest sense of the government government intervening in our lives and i think yeah. within the first three within the first month of lockdown over 30 people were killed by law enforcement authorities so yeah. just think about that um we don't need to even go into open toed shoes into yeah. banning cold uh, hot food uh you know yeah. it really that speaks for itself yeah, no, definitely. Mr. Diego, Herman has been longing to hear your voice. What are your thoughts on, on that quote? Well, my thoughts on the quote, I think the quote is spot on. Uh, we really do need for the government to, 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 to stop fiddling in, in, in our personal affairs as citizens. Yeah. Uh, the government should really focus its attention on things that concern them, like I've mentioned last week, things such as keeping citizens safe, things such as um, ensuring that important laws are adhered to and stuff of that nature. As far as mm -hmm. our monies are concerned, how much wh how much I can spend on what, it's, it's a choice that I should be able to make myself. If I'm producing a product as, as an entrepreneur, how much I charge for that a, a product it's it's no government it's it's no affair of the government it's 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 my own affair as a producer mm -hmm. of this product and what regulates how much i sell this thing for is the free market if people don't want to buy the product because it's too expensive then people then then people will stop buying the product and automatically i'll reduce the price of the product people will start uh, paying for it so we should allow the free market to flourish and and, and return to basics really uh, yeah. rules of supply and demand allow that to regulate the market on its own don't don't intervene as a government yeah no definitely guys i think we've come to the end of our hashtag burning questions fiery episode um okay Herman. yes you can go. sorry sorry <laughs> i think if if you if anyone takes one thing away from this episode is that mm -hmm. a government that can give you anything you want can take away anything it wants a yes, government sir. that wants to solve all the problems don't trust ordinary people to solve those problems. That's what's at the heart of why we think, hmm, how about power to the people rather than power to the politicians? Yeah, no, definitely. If there's any government official listening, let the people govern, man, you know? <laughs> and guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Um, and remember, your freedom is worth fighting for.